looking at Sporting Canvara now, I'm delighted to say I'm joined upstairs in the pierhead by a few sporting legends. We have Karen Weeks and we have Keen McCormack and also Connor Whelan. And Connor, I might just start with you as well. Good morning, you're welcome into the programme. And you were out in Australia for purely work reasons, I'm told, over the last while. <laughs> Strictly work. Um, yeah, I was there for, I suppose, three months in total. Um, so, yeah, finding it. A little bit uh, difficult to adjust to the storms and stuff back here, so, yeah. yeah. What was it like? Um, yeah, it was great. Um, I suppose, yeah, there's a lot of people my age out there, so I think I counted six or seven from my primary school and um, another 10 or 12 from my secondary school out there, so, yeah, it's pretty much very, very similar to home, really, I suppose. Um, I was staying in Koji there. It's probably thousands upon thousands of Irish people there so um, yeah it was great to I suppose catch up with people um, from home and uh, yeah I think we learned a few bits as well yeah. on the way so Tell us about your PhD studies uh, Athlete Mental Health you're there in two clubs an AFL and a Rugby League club as well Yeah so doing a PhD on um, athlete wellbeing um, and athlete mental health so into the second year of that now and ATU in Galway so um, yeah I suppose one of the things I looked at was the Australian model um, and I kind of wanted to see how that played out in the ground so I was I suppose fortunate enough to be supported through the GPA to be able to go and um, get into Geelong AFL club and I suppose the fact they have such a strong Irish connection as well with Zach Tui and um, Oisin Mullen um, and O'Connor is there as well so um, yeah it was great it was great to see it and uh, learned a lot as well and um, yeah I suppose it's kind of a strange seeing Irish um, footballers playing AFL over there but um, yeah it was definitely worth a visit anyways. Yeah and I know your code is hurling did you see anything there in the AFL that you could apply back home or anything like that? Um, I think they just have a major emphasis on recovery um, obviously it helps the fact that they're not I suppose getting up the following morning and going to work so um, yeah. yeah I suppose it kind of just underscores the importance of recovery and um, you know I felt that there wasn't a major difference between I suppose the trainings and the types of training they're doing but just the focus on recovery was definitely bigger so it's probably something that stood out yeah. Now obviously before you went off to Australia you had the uh, local club championship to deal with uh, I suppose you did, you did a fair good uh, campaign yourselves in Camara. Um I saw a few of the games you played well anyways Yeah uh, yeah look what I suppose we're going through a period of transition there we've we won the intermediate title in 2019 and then um, through COVID I think a lot of I suppose older players had given their service and had decided that they had enough and that's perfectly understandable too so yeah, I think I think we have 11 under 20s playing so mm -hmm. very very young side and uh, yeah I think we're definitely building and moving in the right direction and the club is developing a gym and an astroturf and stuff like that as well so it's it's fairly positive I suppose. And with Galway now I know the Walsh Cup final is coming up this weekend. Yes, yeah, it's on um, Sunday. So um, yeah, playing Wexford. Um, yeah, I suppose once once the Walsh Cup starts, I think the season kind of just takes off. So playing league the week after then, and it's kind of pretty free flowing from there, I suppose. Really, I know I've been talking to a few of the Galway lads. It's uh, it's really getting into gear now, and you're looking forward to the the league getting underway in earnest. Yeah, it is, and uh, as I said, I think once once the first round starts, I think it just takes off and. You know, I suppose obviously the league hasn't, I suppose, been at the level that it has been recently. Um, but you know, I think there'll still be some some pretty good games, and I think obviously there's a lot of debate there around the league and championship and about teams, I suppose, holding back a little bit. But um, yeah, I think we're preparing 
pretty strongly for it and hoping to give it a good lash you know. and we're here in the pierhead today and I know it's a, a place that you would have known quite well throughout the years in terms of you, you worked here when you were younger well I was on the payroll anyways but I'm not sure <laughs> I'm not sure how much I was actually working but uh, yeah in fairness to Mike he, uh, he gave me a job there when I was a couple of years back so um, yeah you know he runs a good old show here and uh, the food is top class and uh, I don't know about the service back then, but I think it's definitely improved since. So. <laughs> he must have some involvement with Goa GA. I don't know. Yeah, he must have some involvement. Though. But growing up in Kinvara, it's a beautiful place, and you must have some great great memories and fondness, whether that's hurling or outside of that as well. Uh, I do, yeah. Um, I suppose growing up, we would have always spent our time up the pitch mainly, and uh, yeah, I think we forged our own kind of path up along to the pitch there from, from my home house. And uh, yeah, I suppose growing up, it was... It was a great place to be, I suppose, very safe, um, very enjoyable and um, a lot of close friends and I suppose we enjoyed growing up playing hurling and playing for the club and um, I suppose the pierhead was massive part of that too. We used to always come back after matches and stuff and I suppose that tradition still lives on today and I suppose still playing for the club and that's that's where you started. Um, I think I played my first senior game at 16 so uh, a couple of years down the line we're still here so um, yeah it's uh, I suppose it's a unique place by the seaside and somewhere I suppose that I'm very very proud to be from I suppose really Absolutely and just uh, to finish up with your studies I know you're, you've another year and a half to go but it's a very interesting topic that you are writing up on Yeah I suppose I've looked at um, I suppose student mental health and looked at athletes mental health as well and um, yeah I suppose learned a hell of a lot about mental health and well-being along the way and um, I suppose it's a very hot topic at the moment in terms of post-COVID and I suppose the challenges that I suppose students and athletes face at third level and uh, yeah I think it's something that at times we kind of think that people at third level are, are living the dream but um, you know I think it is a challenging time for students transitioning from post-primary and uh, I suppose financial constraints and for athletes I suppose managing two careers and stuff like that so yeah it's definitely interesting and definitely something that I'm very very I suppose passionate about really Brilliant well best of luck with it as well and do let us know how you get on with it Conor Whelan thank you for joining us on Community Matters we're also joined by a very renowned kickboxer in the local area Keen McCormick joins me Keen, good morning Hey how are you doing? Thanks for joining us Keen. Uh, t- tell us where did the whole kickboxing career start for you? Uh, well, when I was a kid, I was never really super interested in sports or anything. You know, I tried hurling and all that, just never really get the hang of it. Just kind of thought any kind of ball game sport or anything wasn't for me. And then, um, but I always kind of had an interest in, you know, when you're younger, watching the WWE on TV, watching all the fights or watching boxing or anything. And uh, my parents noticed I took an interest and they started me up in a beginner's course in Black Dragon Kickboxing Club in Galway mm-hmm. and just instantly fell in love. Just as soon as I got out of that beginner's course, I just trained two or three times a week from when I was 14 until now, basically, you know. So mm-hmm. just kind of just found what was for me and just stuck at it and worked hard. And you have a great success in kickboxing as well. You've won a lot of All-Irelands, European titles, world titles as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, quite a, it's been a long journey, you know. It's... Um, a lot of people kind of think it's uh, kind of a lone wolf sport, you know, it's all you doing yourself, but you wouldn't be able to do any of it without your team in the gym. Mm. You know, you can't go sparing yourself, you can't hold pads for yourself, you know, you can't coach yourself. So, like, I owe pretty much all of that to my team in the gym, you know, mm-hmm. and the main thing is the consistency with them and them with me, and that kind of helps you just get there. And you've built yourself up and you've 
also won a semi-pro world back in November 2022. That must have been a great highlight and great. Yeah, happening. yeah, it was a, it was it was a great night. I was awful sore after it, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely worth all the pain. I couldn't go to work the next morning. I, I could barely walk. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of being sore, I know you're you're currently facing and, and dealing with a bit of an injury at the moment. How are things in the kickboxing world at present? Uh, yeah, no, but there's a. I have a bit of an injury now on both my knees, just kind of sore to just do simple things I walk around or anything it's been affecting me to the point where I can't really go training in the gym now at the moment mm-hmm. but um, going to a knee specialist soon hoping to sort all that out but uh, all my teammates now they're, they're going to be fighting next Sunday up in Banfield Community Centre in Galway so I'm definitely going to be there to support them and shout them on so the kickboxing scene is looking pretty busy at the moment Good and what are your ambitions going forward with kickboxing? Uh, well I'd like to turn professional because that's kind of was always my goal from when I started you know doing well in the sport uh, just want to go forward and just kind of achieve more after you know doing all at the amateur level I want to see if I can proceed to do the same at the professional level mm-hmm. very good and could we see you moving into and venturing into MMA in the future as well if that goes well uh, well you know never say never <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, definitely in the professional eyes of you know just combat sports in general like it's either boxing or MMA yeah. you don't really see a lot of like you know boxing or any other sports even though kickboxing has been you know getting up there recently but you know definitely if you want to be in the eye and have the best opportunities as a kickboxer you probably would want to transition into MMA mm. You can tell by your demeanour that you're involved in that sport and that discipline as well, because you're very, very calm and level-headed. I think that's very important for a sport like that. Oh uh, yeah, no, you'd definitely go crazy before fights. No, yeah, uh, you'd be scared of everything. <laughs> the nerves, the nerves would be on a different level, you know. But you have to, you have to try and control them and uh, don't let them get the better of you. Definitely. If anything, they help keep you sharp. And growing up in Kinvara, do you have any fond memories of it? Oh yeah, sure. Just you know, growing up is you know a beautiful place and great, nice, friendly people. You know, so many friends. You know, you still talk to that you met when you were just a child. You know, it's this mm. great community base, and you know everyone knows each other and everyone likes each other, which is a great thing. Brilliant. Well, best of luck with the kickboxing going forward into Thank the future you. as well. Thanks for joining us. We're also joined uh, in the Pierhead in Kinvara by Karen Weeks. Uh, Karen, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me along. It's great to have you. Tell me a bit about your uh, career first and, and, and all the voyages you've been on. <laughs> uh, well, I've done a few endurance journeys. Um, I've cycled across the States and across Canada and kayaked around Ireland. I've sailed the Atlantic a couple of times and climbed in Africa, Kilimanjaro and and Mount Kenya and over in Nepal. And uh, I suppose the most recent biggest one was rowing across the Atlantic in 2022 Mm. uh, from the Canaries to Barbados, 3,000 miles. Wow. (laughs) And what drives you to do all this? Uh, well, my career uh, is I'm a performance psychologist, so I love the way the mind works. Mm -hmm. So I love... Uh, my PhD, following on from Connor's <coughs> interview, was uh, my PhD was involving cognitive coping of ultra endurance athletes. Mm-hmm. So I love taking the two that I rub from them and trying them out myself. <laughs> and so each journey just gets tougher and tougher, I suppose, and uh, just pushing the body and pushing the mind. And is it more so mind over body? And uh, some, yeah, obviously the physicality of it is a huge thing as well, but the mental part of it is massive, you know, it really is, no matter what you're doing. And uh, like my career since the role now is working with businesses and trying to help them build up their own resilience and mental toughness and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think if we have a strong headset 
in our head where like uh, we can do so much more than we give ourselves credit for mm. and I'll come back to the businesses first but you've also helped some different uh, athletes in different other voyages and, and different disciplines as well. You might tell us a bit about some of them. Yeah, so uh, I worked as a sports psychologist, performance psychologist with hurlers uh, and footballers and ocean rowers mm-hmm. and gymnasts and golfers, every every sporting realm really. And working with the ocean rowers before was what sort of enticed me in doing it because I'd be talking to them mid-Atlantic or mid-Pacific or mid uh, Indian Ocean and I just thought to myself they weren't solo either and uh, I was thinking I think I could do that you know so I just uh, I, I did ask three people to do with me first and all of them said no oh, for various reasons so I did end up going on my own but that wasn't the initial intention and the corporate world how do they apply that to their businesses and that how, or how are you finding is there a great hunger for that in the corporate world yeah I think one of the things that has come through with this is re-engagement you know, trying to get people back into the offices after COVID and re-engaging with each other and also then using mental toughness and resilience to really improve performance within the workplace and uh, how to mentally cope and be productive during high pressurised situations. So all those strategies that you can apply in the workplace, they're really effective actually, to be honest. Brilliant. And you're from Kerry, but you moved to Convera. Tell me about that. How did that come about? Um, I'm actually from Kilkenny. but oh, Kilkenny, um, Sorry, yeah. Um, I came to. I lived in the states for a long time, and I came back to Brendan Dunford, who is living here in Kinvar as well. He was living here, so I came down. Mm. I lived uh, on the Flaggy Shore and in Bell Harbour for about six or seven years, and here in Kinvar for twenty years now. Wow! Mm. And and what was what was the inspiration for the move to here in particular? Well, I came to visit Brendan when I came back from the states, and then ended up. Okay. Staying, and uh, the rest is history. <laughs> and it's a beautiful, even looking this morning, it's a beautiful place to live, and it must be for your the work you do it must really help you as well ah yeah no it's incredible and like when we were launched that whole row campaign mm. uh, it was called She Can Do um, we launched the boat here just from the pier head actually at the uh, in the harbour here and the support from the community was unreal and like the whole team most of the team for that campaign was here in Canvara mm. so uh, everybody just worked so hard at it and the whole wave of enthusiasm from the Canvara community was just immense. Brilliant. Well, Karen Weeks, thank you indeed for joining us on Community Thanks Matters here in the Pierhead and Canberra. Back with music from Frank Hall after these. The Community Matters series is brought to you by Galway Bay FM and is funded by Commission Mignon. Now, very good morning to you. Welcome back. Interesting indeed, uh, all about sport in Kinvara with John there, so stay tuned. And don't forget, by the way, the programme is podcasted, so go to galwaybfm.ie, go to listen, go to Galway Talks, go to today's date, and uh, in about an hour's time it'll be up there as well. Frank Hall sits opposite me uh, today. Frank, morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for joining us uh, Thanks, today. Pleasure to be here. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself. You're from Indiana, you came to UL, and you're 21 years in Kinvara. That's about right, yeah. Uh, I originally came uh, to um, to Ireland uh, back in the early 90s to do uh, research on uh, competitive Irish step dancing, of all things. Wow. And uh, and the, my very first time I came to Kinvar was with a dance teacher, and she was, uh, yeah, Celine Hessian, was yes. doing, uh, uh, you know, classes down in the, uh, the community center. So uh, I was driving her around for a while. She had a bad back, and so I got, a, I got the job as driver. 
So it was my first time at Kinvara. But then years later, uh, I, I came back. Uh, I was teaching in the UL for one year. And I had a regular uh, alternate Thursday gig with Johnny Moynihan and Lena Ullman in Winkles playing old-time music, which is the main mm. thing I do. And, uh, and that's, I think, when I really got to know the, the musical scene of Kinvara here. In fact, we were playing one night in, uh, in Winkles, and uh, someone said, well, John Prine's up at the bar. He's going to come down and sing a song. Mm. And I almost fell out of my chair because, you know, John Prine would have been a big hero of mine back in, in the States, you know, and I had no idea that he He's had this living, connection yeah, with yeah, Ireland yeah. and Kinvara in specific. So, <laughs> so he, he sat down and played... Um, Daddy, won't you take me back to Muhlenberg County? Wow. <laughs> and I was living the dream there. <laughs> so go fast forward then. Your brother then called you. How long were you in Kinvara when he called you? Uh, yeah, my, uh, I, was, I had been living in Kinvara about uh, six or seven years. And my brother, went. And he's back in Texas. Uh, he did the family genealogy. And it turns out that, that my father's, uh, my father's great-grandfather was from around this area. Uh, that his um, he and his wife got married in Orenmore Chapel. So. Wow. So you have Irish blood in <laughs> So you. I have Irish blood. So I call myself a blowback rather than a blow-in here to Kinvara. It's a real Kinvara saying, so it is now the blowback, yeah. <laughs> and you brought with you Eileen Fleming today, yeah. and you're going to do a bit of music for us. What are you going to do? We're going to play a little old-timey tune called uh, Johnny Don't Get Drunk. We'll dedicate it to, to you, Jonathan. <laughs> Now, Jonathan, when they're dedicating songs to you in Kinvara, they know about you. <laughs> Here we go. Lovely bit of music, well done, so congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Listen, and um, the violin itself then, um, is, where did that come from? Is, that, is there heritage in that too? In that particular tune? No, no, in the, in the instrument. Oh, in the instrument. Oh, um, well, this is one of two fiddles I have, and the first one, uh, um, uh, th this is the other one, I should say, yeah. <laughs> is one I've had since I was eight years old, but this one I got, uh, oh, maybe 15 or... 20 years ago uh, at a shop in um, in um, in California. I just wow. 
I just had, I had a little budget and I went into a violin shop and played about 50 different fiddles and picked this one out. <laughs> did you play that many of them? You did? Oh, well, maybe not 50. I probably played about 49. 20. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. About 49. Yeah. I mean, that was lovely as well. Lovely, lovely. Isn't that a nice band? Yeah, yeah, well done. Well done. No, just lovely accompaniment altogether. Um, do you play fairly regularly then in Kinvara? We have a regular old-timey session in uh, Tully's Bar on a Monday night. Uh, 8 o'clock every Monday we play old-timey um, music and it's a session so it's open people come in and, and join in and there's a good few people now playing you know old-timey American here in in Kinvara yeah. <laughs> and do you get home do you get back to America often well uh, less so recently but um, yeah I used to go back just about every year but now it's kind of like once every two or three years yeah, yeah. You, you love it here so much I do I yeah. do love yeah. it here yeah what time do you start in Tully's Bar on Monday night about 8 o'clock yeah. And you're tucked up in bed by what? Three o'clock? <laughs> three, half, Tuck, three? Yeah, tucked up yeah, by, by half three, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the following day, yeah, altogether. So yeah. well done to you. It's lovely to, to, lovely to hear the stories of so many people that have come into Kinvara and made yep. life in Kinvara. It's just, yep. it's, and there is something special about it. There is, yeah. And I think for me, one of the things is the, the music and the variety of music. I mean, there's been a really strong tradition of of um, the traditional music mm. but then there's been a lot of people who play multiple diff you know different styles and so forth and now we have a community orchestra yeah in Kinvara so it's uh, you know it just it keeps sort of growing the the, the musical um, culture mm. of Kinvara well done to you Frank thank you indeed for joining us and thanks for being Eileen Fleming with you and um, Indiana's loss is our gain here in the west of Ireland <laughs> so thank you indeed for joining us thanks I'm going much. to take a short commercial break Sam at this stage and we're back then with our final guest live from indeed the Pierhead here in Canberra Kern Gawad FM and Shrak Community Matters of Lohar Nemwinu O'Khamishun Nemion now we're at the final part of the programme here live from Kinvara and thank you indeed to, uh, to Mike Burke and all the crew here for allowing us in. Uh, I'm joined by John Keneally, I'm joined also by Rose O'Connor, we'll get to them in a moment, and Paul Dalton uh, joining us. Uh, John, good morning to you, thanks indeed for joining us uh, today. Good morning, so your, your folks are natives of Kinvara? They're, my folks are, my father came from Kinvara, my mother came from Ardrahan, which wasn't too many miles away, but my great-grandfather came from Connemara and he came in and married a Kinvara woman who was related to Paul uh, Frank's Fra Frank's relative Frank's uh, ancestors in the place. Wow. That's that's how we related. Uh, we so didn't realise that Frank until. Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's a, bit of, there's a bit of a likeness, all right there. Yeah, a bit of Indiana in you. Yeah, yeah there's no musician. There's no, no music in me though. That's no, the only no. problem. Yeah. yeah but talk yeah. to me a little bit about uh, a plane crash. What plane crash are we talking about? No, here? it's one that Keith, a young lad like you wouldn't remember because Thank you. Uh, this was uh, in 1946. The year I, I wouldn't actually. The year I was no. born. Oh, I know no. you wouldn't. Yeah, the year I was born. Yeah. We lived around the corner, just down here when I was a kid mm. and in the back of our house we had a my father had a garage and the, the, the roof of the garage was half a fuselage of a plane and I often wondered where it came from but I never found out and I never even asked them how the hell this, this thing came to be there yeah. so last, last uh, uh, the Crinio during the Crinio I met a fellow called Tom Tierney from uh, Tara and I'd heard that this plane had crashed in Tara so I said to Tom, I said, Tom, would you know when this plane crashed? I thought it was a plane that crashed during the war, because lots of planes crashed all over the country mm -hmm. during the war. This one crashed in 1948, so it was after the war. So that was surprising that a plane would crash in, in, in mm. Tara. So uh, we, we researched it, 
and I found that it was a Canadian plane that was sold to the to the Belgian government and was ferried across the Atlantic by three crewmen in uh, July 22nd, 1946. And uh, they, they estimated when they left Labrador that the, the journey to Rhinana, even Paul wouldn't know what Rhinana was now there. <laughs> you think she's a singer, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they estimated it would take 12 hour, 12, 10 hours, 35 minutes to get there, but they hit very bad storms off the West Coast. So lots of things happened. One, they were, they were slowed up. They had to go down to within 200 feet of the sea. Wow. They, they lost radio contact with Rhinana. And as a result, they made their way down along the, the coast from Connemara through Galway City, out by Mary, up to Canvara, and as, uh, up to Tara. And as they got up there, the, the first engine shut. shut. And they didn't reckon they were going to get anywhere with it. So the second engine was shutting down. So they did a big sweep about a 360-degree angle at Tara, and they, all, they went back the way they had come because they couldn't land anyplace else. There was a big nutwood on their left. Mm -hmm. Then this tide was out. It was like today now. The tide was out, and it was rocks and muck. So they landed. And what's extraordinary about it was that they landed in a place where there were small fields, three of them. The, the, the plane was a 36-seater, a DC-3 plane. And uh, the pilot, as he came in, he could see all those small fields and he brought the plane down in a, in, a, in a garden, went through three sets of walls and out onto the road down to Tara and came to rest up against a wall, straddling the road. Wow. And uh, there was, um, fell out in this field, Martin, Martin Walsh, and there was students down from, you tell me now when I'm running out of time, when, when uh, Martin Walsh, and they ran to it thinking there were passengers but no passengers, no deaths. And did that become the roof of the garage? And that became the roof of the, the garage. Roof of the garage. <laughs> I got Listen, Then we go to Rose O'Connor, who joins me now as well. Rose, morning to you. How are you? Thanks, Keith, for so inviting uh, FM to your show. And thanks for John Morley for making contact with us. And we're delighted to be included in your show here in Kinvara this morning. So, listen, so the two of you are on Kinvara FM then, yeah? Correct. The two of us are presenters on Kinvara FM at the moment. And come here to me. I mean, so I would know you um, from as a nurse and you a nurse manager. You know me very well, Keith. In the yeah. past, you and I have crossed... Uh, we didn't, it wasn't swords now, but we, we crossed. <laughs> we crossed, we crossed on occasions, indeed yeah. we did. But you're enjoying life in Kinvara now? Well, absolutely. Kinvara is the, I suppose, it's the only show in town with the community radio being operational now. And as you know, to the fabric of any society. And there's so many community radios around the country, but here in Kinvara, we're progressing nicely and we're receiving awards, good all, uh, from the Commission of Man. And we had one very recently, and Sir John won an award as well. And we had uh, Seamus and Christine, and then it's, and we had around the townland as well with uh, Philip, Phil Whittemore, I think. And look, at, it's going from strength to strength. But more importantly, uh, Keith, it's the diaspora that's that's zoning in on us here in Canberra, mm. and, and we cover and so much. There are so many volunteer organisations that play here. At, I, I I just started to, to, mm. to list, and I came to thirty in a very short time. And how, we, are you a native of Canberra? Absolutely, bred, born, and reared married and family and go nowhere. And are your descendants from Dungura Castle? Well, 
Yes. Just claim it. Just say I, yes. <laughs> Just say yes. Now, people are listening. They say, this one is a little bit out of character here. Yes, Don't I am. I know you're I'm, in character when you say that. I am the, the last surviving descendant of Gora Castle. And that is has it been... Gora or Dungora? Well, Gora was a Heinz, you know. Okay. He was, and I'm Heinz. You're and I'm Heinz. the last surviving member of Gora, and... I don't like to boast too much, but <laughs> I still have to... S- I like to, s- to tell it as well, uh, Paul. You're listening here beside us. So, I do apologise, by the way, that Mike Brock didn't have the right carpet out for you this morning. It's gone for dry cleaning. He should have. I mean, if, if you're the uh, last... That was long ago and far away. Last, and do you have any rights to the castle now? No, not at all. Have you keys not even? At all. I have no rights to the castle now. But actually, I was at a ca- the last programme in the castle. It was absolutely phenomenal. And Maeve Kearney was the singer there. And it was absolutely... And I hadn't experienced... I've been in the castle, but I tell you one thing. It's a lovely occasion to visit. And did you go to Seamount? I did. Did you? I did. She's a Seamount girl. Yeah. I was Seamount indeed in one of the best schools in the country. I would it still is. It still is. Like the the, 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 the pupils that graduate from from, uh, from Seamount College is worldwide mm. uh, recognised. And come here to me, um, you're enjoying life here. Oh, I am. I'm absolutely. And I love the radio and at least it gives, uh, I suppose it gives us an outlet as well to spread good news like we have camogie hurling sailing swimming it's tough on, on, it's really tough because you, you're not used to talking you'd be a very quiet demean person you wouldn't talk very much ever are you serious I am yeah good luck now <laughs> <laughs> Rose yeah. I have to leave you there unfortunately okay. um, thanks for joining us uh, today Paul, don't, don't run out the door me now uh, Paul Dalton good morning to you how are good you good morning how are you uh, thank, are you another radio head as well no, absolutely yeah, not. No, no. I, was, no. I was kind of getting afraid that you might be all together. Listen, talk to me. Um, talk to me a little bit um, about life in general. How did you get to come to Kinvara? Well, we moved to uh, Galway in 1997. Um, my wife's job brought us down to the west. Yeah. And your wife's um, a financial broker now. She is now. Yeah, she works for herself. Uh, yeah. HD Financial Services. I just thought okay, I get, get the plug, plug in. in that's yeah. fine. So I'll be happy when I go. He'd be handing out business cards. I said the pure head shortly. Yeah, but. Uh, Sunday Drives brought us out to Kinvara and uh, on, I remember on one occasion we went into Sexton's pub and um, I was delighted to hear Matty Whelan earlier on on the show. Um, we were sitting there just having a drink, minding our own business and Matty loves the singing as we all know yeah. and he got down on one knee and sang Delilah to my wife and uh, I just thought, wow. This, this was is he in tune? He was. He was. He was 100% in tune, he yeah. Because he was in tune on Mondays. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was the first, uh, uh, said I like like this area. So we were looking for sites or, or a house to buy here in Kivara and uh, driving along and there was a, a gentleman trying to fix a wheel a puncture in his car. So I said... Gentleman, now you're... you're, you're I'll tell you who he is now in a You're second. stretching it now. Go okay. on, yeah. But anyway, I stopped and I said I'd give my hand to, to fix the, the puncture. So I um, got chatting to him and I said, uh, who are you? He said, I'm Johnny Sullivan. And I said, uh, what do you do? Where are you from? And he says, I'm, I'm a hotelier in Gort. And he says, I'm, I'm an auctioneer. And uh, he said, I'm um, uh, an undertaker as well. So I said, oh, so yeah, so he had uh, all bases covered. And I said, uh, any chance, you know, any sites around here? And he said, I have two up this road. And I, he said, but well, you won't find them. There's no signs on them. So I said, fine, um, when you have the wheel fixed, we'll follow you. And we ended up buying a site off Johnny. Get away. Yeah. And uh, that's where we're living now. So the chance what of that. So my mother always said, like, you know, what's for you won't go by you. And yeah. I'm a firm believer in that. So, um, but Johnny's a gentleman. I didn't realise he was an undertaker as well. He went, well, apparently so. That's, I guess he was... So we'll, 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 we'll check his credentials on that one. So, uh, And you're involved with the GA club here as well? 
Um, yeah, um, when we moved as well, uh, the late Toddy Bourne, Joe's dad, uh, kind of took... Uh, Chris a lovely man. A lovely man, yeah, a gent, and he took uh, Chris and myself under his wing, and he got me involved with the GA club, and um, ended up, once you're involved there, you get lots of jobs, so mm. I'm involved there, and then went on and involved with the Camogie club, and um, at, the, at present now, heavily involved with the Convara Christmas lights. Um, which now, I couldn't believe earlier on we had uh, the crew in from the um, hockey club hockey club and they have to go to yeah. Athlone that's right my daughter Rhiannon who's doing leaving cert here she plays um, with the, the hockey club and like that you're dangling but most of the games are in Athlone so the push for the pitch here is big yeah. and hopefully it'll so be we, successful so we still have Frank Hall here Is there, do, would you like to chance a bar of uh, Delilah to your wife now at this stage I you? don't want me singing Delilah <laughs> no. there'll be divorce proceedings I think maybe at that stage yeah so, I mean to be honest when you think about it Matty's saying Delilah and Matty was I was with him on Monday and we had him on the programme today uh, I spoke to Johnny Sullivan yesterday we had a good old long chat and it was his flat tyre that brought you to here well his dad's yeah his yeah, dad. The dad. Oh, it was his it was dad. His father, yeah. Oh, not Joe. I knew young oh, Johnny. No, no. The young Johnny couldn't no, be no, his dad. an undertaker. His dad. His right. dad, yeah. So the late Johnny Sullivan. Good on you. Yeah. Good on you. Uh, listen, well done to you. Christmas lights, they're still up. No, well, I know that. Um, Come the, on. Po- the poles were frozen into the ground with the minus six condition, so they'll be down this weekend. The last of them. We have the boat out of the water and the, the balls and all that sort of stuff that float up and down. So, What balls are you talking about? Uh, the bobbles. The bob. No, no. There's we have uh, balls that float up and down with the tide, oh, and they light and change colour. So any of the th- that sort of stuff is in because of the storms and stuff we got them. Well, oh, you got them in good and area. The, yeah. the tree down and stuff. So. Uh, okay. Listen. Um, just say Boston to me. Is that Were you in Boston? Uh, yeah, I work for Aer Lingus. Um, and five days time, I'll be thirty-five years with Aer Lingus. Get away. Doing what? Yeah, uh, I was cabin crew. Get so away. I was based in Shannon for a long time, and. Uh, yeah, I got back from Boston. I've kind of gone part-time now with Aer Lingus. So when, when did you get in? Yesterday morning. Got a book. There's a good I'm few Aer Lingus, Lingus crew actually living in and around here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we get bumped up, John, when we're going to America in a few yeah, So we look time. after you, no yeah, problem. That's okay, yeah. Just say, just, yeah. just say that he, he said we're, we're coming. Listen, well done to you, Paul. Thanks, Steve, for joining us uh, today. And uh, that's really it for today from uh, Kinvara. A sincere thank you, though, to um, uh, Mike Burke and all the team here uh, in the Pierhead as well, because they let us in. And he's counting the cutlery just as we go down the stairs now to make sure we have nothing in our pockets going down. Uh, but to Mike and all the team, thank you, Steve, for joining us uh, today. That's it for today. And we'll join you Monday morning as well, just after the 9 o'clock news. A special thanks to John Morley who put a huge amount of work into this, uh, to Doc back at base, uh, to Fiona who's on the desk and to everybody else who made it possible. Don't forget the best out goes out tomorrow morning between 7 and 8 and Sunday morning between 7 and 8. From yours through to Keith Finnegan and all the crew, until Monday, have a good and a safe weekend and we'll talk to you then. Bye bye now.